Today's the um, second part of our series, Basics. Um, today we're talking about the Bible, which is really cool. Um, who was here last week for the, the talk about salvation? I was still, I was still like buzzing a little bit um, throughout the week. It was just like every time I stopped and thought about actually salvation is actually so much more than saying a prayer on a Sunday. Uh, it was actually like life changed, huge stuff. It was really f- fantastic. So I hope you got something awesome out of it uh, last week. Today we're talking about the Bible, um, basically what the Bible is, and uh, hopefully... Hopefully my message will be as um, challenging, motivating, stimulating as Jesus was last week. I'm sure it will be good. Excellent. You right? Yeah, good. Yeah, sweet. Cool. We're going to read a bit of the Bible to start off with. Um, and it's from um, the second book of Timothy. So if you've got a Bible or your, your notes or your phone or whatever, look it up. Second Timothy chapter 3. Um, we're going to read verses 15 to 17. It says this. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I'll read it again because I like reading things twice habit I've got, but we'll read it again. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Right, let's pray. God, I thank you that this morning we get together like this. God, our church family, God, of people that love you and are ready to hear about you and be transformed by you. And God, I pray that this morning as we talk about your word, Father, that you'd use my words to bring life and light to what's um, laid out in your scripture. God, that we would be challenged, we'd be stimulated. God, that our thoughts would be changed. God, so we become more like you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, I'm really excited to be in church today. Um, I'm still recovering. We had the switch overnighter um, Friday night and finished about midday yesterday, and then we spent a couple of hours cleaning up the, like, just destruction. I don't know what it is about doing um, things with intermediate-age kids, but we had every room in the church, probably bar the mother's room and the kids' own room, completely covered in broken, like, smashed chips, chairs just upside down everywhere, bedding, silly string, party poppers, just amazing. It's incredible. What a privilege to clean. Um, it's just really good. Um, anyway, um, I want to start off and talk to you about board games. Anyone like board games around here? A few, a few people. Um, I want to talk about one board game in particular, and it's a board game called Settlers of Catan. Anyone familiar with Settlers of Catan? A few people put their hands up. I know there's probably some like animal settlers players in this room right now, and if we had like a settlers battle, it, there'd probably be things thrown and knives bought. I don't know. It's like Settlers is the sort of game that um, evokes a lot of passion from people, I think, you know, and it brings out like your, your dark competitive streak where you're just like, I'm going to win no matter what's going down, like, this is on, right? If you're not familiar with Settlers, I'm sorry, um, you should have a go at it, it's quite entertaining, it's like strategy, board game, just, yeah, bit of trading, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, um, Gina and I learned how to play Settlers a while back, we were out um, 
near Glenbrook Beach, I think it was, um, with some friends that invited us over for dinner, which was great. It was very nutritious, healthy, um, filling. It was everything you want in a dinner. And we're hanging out with these people. And we were, we were having some good yarns. We're having a great time. This, like, I don't know, the night was drawing on a little bit. And they're like, hey, we should play Settlers. And we're like, bit new, didn't actually know what this game Settlers was. Sure, we'll play Settlers with you. And then they went on to explain that they're quite committed to playing the game of Settlers. In fact, it's a four-person game, but because there's only two of them, what they do is they get out their iPad and have the app on it so they can play each other and have a couple of computer players in there. So it's like they can play Settlers in the morning, during the day, and at night, and so they're well-practiced, right? And so we're completely new to the game, and we're making up players three and four in this little uh, circle of love. And um, we started playing this game, Settlers, and they explained how the game went to us, and it sounded pretty straightforward. So we got stuck in, and we played, and I think it took maybe, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour. Um, and they completely destroyed us, right? We didn't feel too bad about it because they taught us. We understood enough about it. We didn't bother going into the rules in great detail. They told us what we needed to know, and we got through it. We played this game, and to be fair... I didn't really enjoy it that much because I lost and I like to win stuff, but it, it was a good game, right? And, and um, we went away thinking, man, Settlers, we could, we could probably buy a board game. I don't think we've got a single board game in our house. We could probably buy a board game and we could play that because it's, it's quite good, you know, when you're like getting competitive and like strategizing against your spouse and working out how to destroy them and, you know, build your empire and all that sort of stuff. It's quite good. Um, so we went away and we bought the board game Settlers and and I got a shock, probably some people in here buy board games a little bit more often than me, but it was quite expensive for what I thought was some cardboard and some bits of plastic, or no, it's not even plastic, it's wood. Terribly expensive. Um, but we got the game Settlers, and we took it home, and we thought, hey, we need to give this board game a try. So we invited a couple of people over, so we had the magical four number. We didn't have anything fancy to have extra players like Rim and Anna over here. They're like, get in there and destroy people. Was Rim and Anna? Yeah, you guys, yeah. Scary. Just saying. Um, we didn't have anything fancy, so we had four people playing, right? And Gina and I, and I can't remember who it was, a couple of people sat down at our house to play Settlers, this, this really competitive, amazing board game. And as we sat down and got everything out and set it up, we sort of realised that actually we hadn't learnt that much from our friends James and Laurel who had sort of told us. They'd told us enough to sort of get through the game, but we didn't really know what to do next, right? We had the board game, we're like, put it on the table, we'll get all the bits out, now what? Um, and so we found that we actually had to go and get the instructions out and go through it step by step to work out how to play the game. And it's amazing when you do that, you actually find out a whole lot more about the game than what you knew at first, right? You know, there's a few little tips and tricks and actually how to play the game and how to be fair so everyone can win and not just James and Laurel, um, not bitter at all. Um, but it's amazing what the instruction booklet did in that context. It meant that from being completely new and having had to rely on our friends to tell us how to play, when we got the instructions out, it actually made it a whole lot more easier to play the game properly, to do better at it, and also to show other people how to do it. And it's a really interesting thought, because when I think about that, and I think about the Bible, it's actually no different for us, right? We're Christians, right? We come to church, we get saved, we talked about salvation last week. We come along and we get mentored, we get discipled by someone, it may be like Pastor Craig for you, it might be your connect group leader, it may be a friend who invited you to church. And you come along and you find out about God, you're like, this is amazing, and you learn about God because we sing songs about him. Someone comes up to the front on a Sunday and preaches about God and how amazing he is and everything he's done. You might experience a little bit of him, but it'll only take you so far, right? 
your understanding of God will be limited by the people around you unless you push a little bit deeper and get into what we call the Bible, the Word of God, the instruction manual for Christianity, right? And so what I want to talk to you about today is how important the Bible is in your life as a Christian, right? Because listening to a message on a Sunday, listening to a podcast, singing some songs can only take you so far and it doesn't begin to equip you for the thing that God's got in store for you and that he wants you to step into. So reading the Bible, I want to start off with today is say that reading the Bible is one of the most important disciplines you can have as a Christian believer, right? As a follower of Christ, you need to understand what he has said to you to equip you and to challenge you and to train you and to mold you and to shape you for the things he's got in store for you. It's absolutely important, right? So we're going to, I'm going to read you another little bit of the Bible and, and we're going to break this bit of the Bible down because I think it really uncovers a little bit about why the Bible is so important to us as a fundamental thing of being a Christian, right? So this is the same bit of scripture that comes from um, a slightly different translation called The Message. It says, There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another. It exposes our rebellion, corrects our mistakes, and trains us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we're put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. So all I want to do today is take some bits out of that bit of scripture and help us digest it, We'll talk about it, and hopefully you go away equipped to understand how important the Word of God, the Bible, is for you in your daily life, right? So the first bit we're going to look at is um, these, these things that we need to know about um, the Bible. Is The first thing is that the Bible is from God. And in that bit of Scripture, it says, every part of Scripture is God-breathed. <sighs> every part of Scripture is God-breathed. I want to start with a little bit of a, a question for you. It's rhetorical. I, I might talk a little bit more about it. But um, the, the thing is, is how, how can we trust the words that are written in the Bible? Yeah? We know that the, the Bible's been written over a long period of time. Something I read during the week says that I think it was written over a period of about 1,600 years. Um, and I don't know about you, but I don't know anyone who's lived that long and has the ability to actually witness all the stuff that's in the Bible and write it all down, Right? So it's written over a long period of time, longer than any person could have lived in order to get it all together, shape it, form it, write it, right? So we know that it's written by multiple people. Um, and we know that they went through all sorts of different stuff. Um, and, and it's sort of like, how, how, how can you trust something that's just been written by so many different people? I, I, I wonder that, like, oh. Like, we know in the New Testament, there's like lots of different letters, there's gospels written by different dudes, like all sorts of stuff. The, the Bible's been written by all these different people. And, and you sort of ask yourself at some point, hey, if all these different people will be involved, how do we know that that's actually the Word of God? How do we know that that's actually like something that's breathed by Him? I've got two scriptures for you. The first one is Second Peter, chapter 1, verses 20, 21. It says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. Or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So that's great, right? So that's saying straight away that all the stuff that's like prophecy, it's stuff being spoken about who God is and what he's doing, 
It's not stuff made up by a guy. It's actually stuff that's been breathed by the Holy Spirit through those people. And it's the same here on a Sunday morning when um, someone has like a word from God. It's not man going, oh yeah, I think that you're going to get rich. It's actually like God coming in, Holy Spirit coming in, moving through people saying, actually, I've got a word for you that's not from me, it's from God. And it's saying, actually, I'm going to bless you, right? And it's no different in the scriptures that we're talking about. They're saying that in God, you his prophets walking around on the planet. When they were doing their thing, they weren't just making stuff up, right? They weren't just like, oh, this will be really good. I like that idea. I'll write that down. They were like listening to God and God's influencing them, taking control of their mind and getting the stuff that they record to be his very thoughts, his very breath, what he wants to be written down, right? The second verse is this. Um, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. This is um, talking about Paul, who I hope you've read a little bit of the Bible, you know about Paul, he's a pretty fantastic sort of guy. Um, he wrote just so much amazing stuff in the New Testament, stuff that challenged people, stuff that showed people how to live their life for God, how to handle different situations, how to address problems inside the church. He wrote all this stuff. And what's being acknowledged here is like Paul, like Peter, all the other dudes that wrote stuff, it wasn't just them going, oh, I found this out the hard way, I'm going to write it down. This is the Holy Spirit coming upon them and influencing them, showing them what to write. And so we know that the, the stuff that's been prophesied, we know the stuff that the, the, the guys in the New Testament wrote wasn't just things that they made up, but it's stuff that's actually beyond human wisdom, right? It's beyond our understanding. It's, it's stuff that I couldn't begin to approach and like it's just awesomeness in, my, in all my thinking my entire life, right? This is stuff that has to have come from God because it's beyond what we think. It's beyond what we arrive at on our own. And so there's this really important thing to understand right from square one is that the Bible is the Word of God. It's from God. It's not made up by man. It's breathed by God, right? And you know, the, the, like one of the very first verses in the Bible is like um, God speaking and creating stuff. We know that when God breathes stuff, when He speaks stuff, it makes awesomeness. It makes good stuff. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about the Bible, is that God breathed this awesome Word to be written down that is for us, right? Um, and I guess there's this thing, right, that's great. We know that the, the Bible's from God, then why is that important to us here? Because, hey, it's a, it's a book, it's great, it's the Word of God, that's cool, but why is that important for us? Well, there's this thing, right? God is God, He's sovereign, He's awesome, He's amazing, He's powerful. Um, at the Hillsong Bible College thing on Tuesday night, we talked about how um, He's omnif uh, was it? omnipresent, omnif I can't even remember, omniscient, and there was another one as well, another omnipotent. Everywhere, all-powerful, all-knowing, just incredible, right? This is God. God's Word carries authority wherever He goes, right? And he carries, His Word carries authority in our lives. It's a little bit like um, at Switch, um, at the overnighter over the weekend. When we're trying to get a group of intermediate-age kids together to do something, you could imagine it'll be a little bit trying, right? And we had some of our, our awesome like up-and-coming leaders here, like Anna and Neve and um, Luke there helping, and Beth as well helping out. And they'll be like, hey, guys, stop it. Don't do that. Don't make the mess on the carpet. Because, you know, they're, they're really good and they, they don't want to clean up everything. Um, and you can imagine that to a 13-year-old hearing like this 15-year-old or 16-year-old or 17 or 18-year-old like up-and-coming leader, that, that word... 
doesn't really carry a lot of um, authority, right? It's like, oh, yeah, cool, yep, make a mess. Where's the cream? I'll just draw on it, yeah. yeah. Um, but then when, say, Gina or I come in, or Claire comes in, and we're like, right, <laughs> no more of that. Things happen, right? They listen, amazingly. Um, and the cream that was on the carpet and sprayed across the wall just ma- magically disappears. You know, there's like a cloth gets caught in the kitchen, it's cleaned up, and it's like, it's cool, right? And so our words had just a little bit more authority than what our up-and-coming leaders had. Um, and it's the same if you think like, um, I don't know, one of the good stories, like a police officer, right? I don't know how you guys relate to the police, but I, I sort of am quite scared of police officers. I have like this healthy respect for authority, right? And so if a police officer was to say to me, hey, stop doing that, um, you better watch your lip, boy, I'm going to knock you down, I'll be like, Okay, I'll listen to you, where if it's some dude down the road, I'll probably be just like, yeah, whatever, man, carry on your way, right? Um, but when there's a voice of authority comes into our situations, it makes you stop and it makes you, like, change your direction slightly, maybe think about what you're doing a little bit, right? Intermediate kids get it. I get it with the police. We need to get it with the Word of God, right? The Word of God comes from the highest authority that there is. We know that the Bible is, like, God-breathed. It's from Him. It's the Word of God. It's what He said for us to listen to and pay attention to. And so we need to treat it with the authority that it's got, right? We need to know that when something is said in the Bible about how we need to live our lives, how we need to treat people, how we need to go and love people, we need to know that it's not made up. It's not just something nice, but actually it's authority. It's like it's the imperative of the Creator of the universe who holds everything in His hand, right? So the very first thing we need to grasp today is that the Bible is from God. That's important because it has authority. It needs to have authority in our life. We need to heed what it says, right? The second thing is this, is that the Bible teaches us. The Bible is like, like we said, like this, this awesome like source. It's got so much like wisdom in it, wisdom that doesn't come from a man, doesn't come from a woman, doesn't come from anything that we could possibly create. This is definitely divinely inspired words, right? And that's fantastic because it transforms, it transforms our, our, our whole life when we start to accept it and when we start to think on it, when we start to meditate on it. It transforms everything about us. I've got a little bit of a story for you, right? Have you ever had one of those situations where you're like pretty much 100% sure that you're right, that you've got the situation nailed down and you're holding on to it because you know you're right? And everyone else around you is like, no, 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 no. This is, the, this is the right way. And you're like, no, no, my way's right. I know what's going on here. Anyone been there, done that? Yeah? I've got the right answer. I've asserted that I'm the man. You should be listening to me. Pete's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, man. That's how I roll, eh? It's like, I think I've said it before. Like, there's this thing in my family. It's like, we like to be right. And that makes it a little bit awkward. You see, like, I like to be right. And then everyone else likes to be right. It's a bit crazy. But anyway. Um, a while back, um, for, for Element, we needed to make um, this, this new sort of prop. I think you might have seen it. It's called the Wheel of Chicken. Yeah, everyone familiar with the Wheel of Chicken, Wheel of Doom, whatever you want to call it. It's just amazing. This amazing spinning wheel, right? And we'd been plotting and planning for ages about how we could possibly make this. And, and me being me, just like completely disregard Gina and Claire and their part in it uh, because they don't know how to build stuff. I know how to build stuff. I'm a guy, you know. I've got that sorted out. And I've been thinking about it for ages, about how I can make this perfectly round bit of wood that will spin without stopping. It won't like just lean to one side and be a little bit biased, so always land on number four. It's a tip. Um, I've been thinking about it, how I can brace it, can make this wood perfectly. And I think we just about got to the point where I was like ready to go and buy all the stuff and make this wheel. And um, I was, was getting sort of to like a deadline because we actually needed to use the wheel of chicken. I hadn't made anything and it was sort of getting a bit awkward. 
And the whole time, Claire had been at, um, talking to me about Kmart. Is anyone familiar with Kmart, Manukau? Open to like midnight, I, I hear. Very cheap. I had like childhood issues with Kmart. In fact, you go buy there and everything you've ever got from there broke. So I was just completely ignoring everything she says about Kmart. And we get to, I think it was a Sunday afternoon. We're like, right, we need to go buy some wood. We're going to make this wheel of chicken. It's going to be great. It's going to be the best game we've ever had at Element. People will surely end up in hospital. They'll be vomiting. It'll just be awesome, right? Um, not that we set out to do that Element. No way. Um, no, but if it happened, I would not be upset. Um, the vomiting part, hospital's not so good. Um, we get to Sunday afternoon, it's like, right, I need to make some round wood. And Claire's like, oh, we should just go to Kmart, and they might have like a round table, and we can just like turn that into the spinny bit. I'm like, nah, whatever, Claire, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just a stingy student. I don't even want to listen to you, because Kmart, just no. Um, and, and... Gina sort of joined in and they wore me down and we ended up in Manukau at Kmart and like, this is not going to work. I don't even want to be here. Kmart sucks, man. It's just like, ah. Oh. And you sort of walk in and the lights are on. You're like, oh, the veil's been removed from my eyes. I can see there's stuff that's quite cool, actually. And it's, oh, man, it's cheap. <laughs> Whoa. And we're walking around. We're walking around Kmart and we stumble across Firstly, a little table. It's a little bit too small. Like, oh, that's pretty, actually pretty close. I'll give you that clear. That's pretty close to what we need. But it's not quite right. So I feel like I'm still right. I feel like I'm still right. We're not buying that sting table. Um, and then we, we carry on our, our voyage through Kmart and we stumble across a bigger table. And I'm like, I have a sinking feeling in my stomach. Because not only is this like a good size table, it's made of wood so we can work with it quite easily. So that's like, oh, that's two strikes. And then third strike, it's only 30 bucks. I would have spent like 50 bucks buying a sheet of plywood. You're like, oh, no. And you have that moment where you realize what you thought was right, what you believed was right, while ignoring everything that was being said to you, quite happily ignoring everything that was being said to you, you realize actually you're wrong. And not even just a little bit wrong, like really wrong, like, you just missed it by like that much, right? And, and, and I had to eat like a lot of humble pie. I haven't quite recovered from the amount of humble pie I ate. In fact, it's sort of like a bit uneasy. Every time Claire says came out, I sort of flinch a little bit. Um, but it's the same thing for us with the Bible, right? So we know that um, the Bible has transform, transformation power in it, right? And we, we know in that scripture we've already read is about um, that uh, God, God's word's useful for um, showing us our rebellion, teaching us truth, showing us some of our stakes and showing us how to do the right thing. It's like that with the Bible in my, in my Kmart scenario, right? There was a word that was truth that was being spoken to me. I wasn't really in a position to hear it because I was right. Um, but actually, <laughs> when it came out, I was wrong and I learned, Right? And the Bible's the same, right? In the Bible, there is just countless wisdom. It's come from God, so we can't even ignore it because it's got authority. But it's stuff that will show us how to live our life. It will show us where we're actually going completely the wrong way. It will show us where we're in rebellion, where we're like, got our fingers in our ears going, no, 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 no. I want to keep on drinking heaps every night because it's nice. Or I want to keep on hanging out with my mates on the pokey machines because it's cool, like I'm addicted to it. Or it could be, I don't know, any countless number of things, right? But actually the Word of God will show you where you're in rebellion, where you're going the wrong way, and He'll show you the right way, right? 
He'll show you the, the way of life, the way of truth, the way that actually is correct. Even if you don't want to hear it, sometimes it's painful because you're like, I'm right, I've got it figured out. I've got my life on lockdown. I'm sweet. I've got my money. I've got my car. I've got my house. I've got my family and all that sort of stuff. God's got his word. He's got this word of authority that's God breathed, that's wise. It's wise beyond anything we can possibly understand. He says, now this is the way. This is the truth. This is where life is. Come this way, right? Um, there's a couple of verses I'll bring you to for this one as well. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The way that you need to get God's word into you is because it transforms you, right? And you can sit there and you can pray and you can listen to him, but I can guarantee you that one of the fastest ways to get God's word into you, to let him transform you, to transform your mind, to renew it, to change your perspective on stuff, is by locking in on his word, on the Bible, on the life that's in it. It will change your world. John 8 says this, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, Tell me, where's, where's Jesus' teachings at the moment, right? Where can you find Jesus' teachings? Anyone? I don't know, the Bible? Yeah? So we understand that when we get into the Bible, when we get into Jesus' teachings, we get into his truth, that as we meditate on it, as we make it a part of who we are, then we will actually not just be reading a book, but we will be set free, that our lives will be transformed, our thinking will be renewed, and a whole new life will come about because we're actually locking in on the Word of God, on the God-breathed authority that God's put out there for us to use, to take on board, to transform our lives, and to put us onto a new path. Yeah, you know, a really um, a amazing thing is this, right? At our church, we talk about being connected, growing, and then going and influencing people. It's like a church vision, right? That people will come into this church, they'll find God, they'll get saved, they'll be connected in, that in this place, you will grow. And then from here, you'll, you'll build a, a life, you'll build a, a part in this house, and you'll go and influence the people in the world around you. The middle bit, the growing part, the growing part doesn't just come by being part of this church, right? It comes because you've got God's word on the inside of you because you're being transformed constantly by what the Bible says to you and by the authority that is in those words, right? So the Bible teaches us. It shows us a better way of life. It shows us we were living in rebellion and it helps us to grow in order to do what God's got in store for us. Third thing. The Bible is something you can build your life on. You can build your life on it. I'm going to read you probably um, just, I don't know, everyone would have heard this when they were a kid in church. If you grew up in church, you would have heard this scripture a bit. I remember talking about it when I was living in Tawa at the ripe old age of eight or nine. Had a little Sunday school thing going on. It was quite cool. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27 says this. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are, the, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, as it has in the last couple of weeks. The river flooded, but of that going on. A tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Right? The classic. 
build your house on the rock, and it stays strong, build your house on the sand, it gets swept away. This is a true statement, right? We've already talked about how the Word of God is God-breathed. It's not by accident. It's really wise. It teaches us stuff about how to transform our lives to be how God wants them to be. This is the fundamental thing, though, is that you can build your life on the Word of God. It is like a rock that you can rely on in times of storm, in times of trouble, when everything's against you. You can rely on the Word of God as a rock in your life. It's fundamental. And I want to leave you with this very, very simple thing this morning and how to actually practically apply the Word of God to your life. So who was here a few weeks ago? We all got those My15 little wristbands, rubber bands. You want to get those? Yeah, cool. Talks about My15, which is something that we sort of like have to help you in your, your daily life as a Christian. Talking about um, spending a bit of time praising God, a bit of time reading the Bible, and a bit of time praying. And, and I guess there's this thing, isn't there, that you can read the Bible... And I do this a little bit sometimes as well. Wake up in the morning, set my alarm for 5 a.m. so I can read the Bible. Wake up, blurry-eyed, lie in bed, read through the Bible on my phone, and like, that's cool, done that for the day, close it, move on. Not really that useful because I could probably tell you very, very little of what I've ever read doing that. Um, when you read the Bible, it needs to be as useful as possible because you need to set yourself up to get God's Word inside of you, right? You can do what I do, like, yeah, there's... Uh, Colossians chapter 1, yeah, got that, and then move on with your day. And it's actually just like washes over you, doesn't sink in, doesn't actually set you up to have the life-transforming power of God in it, right? So we need to make sure that when we read the Bible that we actually set ourselves up to get it inside of us, to, to lock it in so that we give God an opportunity to actually do something and transform us, right? So real simple, um, four steps, um, and, and I had this on the screen before, and Gillian said everyone's really dirty at church today. He's like, yep, there's an acronym, right? Is that acronym's the right word, eh? SOAP, S-O-A-P, S-O-A-P, SOAP, right? Everyone's dirty, you need to clean up your act. Um, but pretty much this is just a real simple tool to help you when you read the Bible, right? The first one is S, read some scripture, right? So take a bit, don't read too much, read a chapter, read three chapters, whatever it is you want to do, read a couple of verses. Read it, read it a couple of times, look at different translations, get it into you. The second thing is the observation part, right? So that took you about 30 seconds, read a little bit of scripture. Observation, stop and think for a second. Think about what it is that that is actually saying. What are those words that are written on the paper actually saying? And go, okay, cool, got that. It says, don't lie, okay, I won't lie. But then you take it and you go a little bit further and you think, when God breathed that scripture into being, when he got someone to get a, a, a feather and an ink pot out and get a bit of parchment out and write that down, what was he saying to them then? How was that like contextualize what did it mean to them at the time right so think about that observe that and then observe it a little bit more and go in the 21st century in 2016 while I'm lying in bed reading the scripture what does it mean here and now like for my friends for my family for me what does that mean I mean I guess you think don't lie that's pretty straightforward in any era but you know there's going to be different scriptures you're going to read different stuff it's going to have different contexts in society so you're going to observe it, you're going to think about it, you're going to look at it, what does it actually mean? Then the next thing is the application. You're going to go, right, so I've got this scripture, I know what it means when it's written on paper as a straight thing, I know what it meant for them back then, I know what it means for me now, how am I going to apply that? How am I going to actually get God's word in me right here, right now? What am I going to change in order to become more like God wants me to be? And get that. And then I'd suggest that you write all of that down. So you make a note, a little diary, this is what I read, this is what I observed. This is how I'm going to apply it. 
wrap it up and then pray and say, God, I need you to help me with this because I'm man, but you're God, you're awesome. This is your word. I want to have it in me. Can you please help? And then seal it up and move on. And I think that's like one of the most important things. You know, it's like we talk about um, growing in our, 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 our walk as Christians, growing in our understanding of who God is, growing to become more Christ-like. We actually have to set ourselves up to be like getting God's word in us. Because like I said already today, like you can come to church on a Sunday morning. That's cool, man. Like there's something so powerful about getting into corporate worship when we all get together, we lift up our hands, we lift up our voice and we praise God. That's huge. There's something really incredible that can happen in a Sunday morning service or a Friday night service or anywhere where God's word's being spoken that can transform your life in an instant. But at some point, we as Christians, as disciples, as followers of God, we have to actually start to take on a little bit of this challenge that I need to grow, I need God's word in me because following the guy next to me is only going to take me so far. I need God's word in me. I need his God-breathed life in me to transform me and to take me further, to teach me, to change me, to build my life on because I know that there's going to be times where I actually need something more than this. I need God in every facet of my life. Um, I'm just going to pray. I just invite you to close your eyes and um, we're going we're to finish up. God, I thank you so much for your, for your word. The Bible, God, it's, it's, as we've already covered this morning, it's God breathed. It's breathed by you, God. It's, you're the creative force in the planet, God. You're, you're awesome. You're wonderful. And it's all from you. And it's wise beyond anything that we can come up with. And God, I just pray that this morning as we, as we, we finish this part of our meeting, we carry on, God, that you'd challenge us and you'd stimulate us. God, that you'd, you'd make us think about how we treat your word. God, we'd look at the authority that you've placed in it and your authority that's in you, God, and become a bit more cognizant of who you are and how amazing you are and, and, and what you're doing. And yeah, God, I just pray your blessing on everyone here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.